I have mentioned to you several, several, several times that I use a study Bible when I'm reading the Word because there are so much in there that I just don't understand. And so these footnotes help me out considerably. There are things in the Bible that contradict each other. And you say, wait a minute, I just read something over here that said one thing, now you're telling me something else. And that messes with my simple mind. I have trouble figuring these kind of things out, and this morning is one of them. In one sense, and I'll go to the Word, in one sense we are told to be perfect as He is perfect. And then in another sense, it says, none of us are perfect. Say, whoa! I am told to be perfect, and yet the Word tells me that none of us are perfect? I know, you already knew I wouldn't, but there there may be some of you that are perfect, but uh, I'm not going to bust your bubble by telling you otherwise. But... We all have those issues, and a lot of them are hidden back there. We call it junk. We carry our junk with us that we don't want anybody else to know about. But it's back there. And we try our best to be stronger and better and be a witness for Jesus Christ, but we still stumble and fall. And I think it hurts me more today than it did, say, 15 years ago when I make those mistakes. Because I know better. I know much better. And it hurts. And if it hurts me, then I'm sure... She said, thank you. (laughs) But it hurts, conscience-wise. Because I know that there is a better me the me that I am trying to be, the one that wants to be a true positive witness for Jesus Christ. We are all guilty of being weak in the flesh. We're all guilty of making those wrong decisions. We're all guilty of saying things we wish we could take back. But it's just like that shaving cream. Once you push that button, it's out and it's gone. We can apologize, and we should apologize, but the words have still been said. To be a better Christian, to be the man that I want to be, the father I want to be, yes, the minister I want to be, I must spend more time in the Word. How else am I to know what he wants of me? A friend of mine asked his dad who was up in years, Dad, why do you read the Bible so often? Every day, why are you reading the Bible? He said, Son, if my father was over in Europe, and this man was of the vintage of World War II, if my father was overseas fighting and he sent me a letter I would read each and every word. And I would probably read it more than once. 
Well, this is a letter from my father. It is filled with wisdom. It's filled with guidance. It's filled with hope, blessings. So as I try to be a better person, then I also try to be more in the Word. I do my best to be around people that I think are godly people. That doesn't mean that I I will not have a cup of coffee with somebody that's a non-believer. That would give me an opportunity to share my faith in Jesus Christ. I'm not excluding anybody. But I need the strength that I have from being with you. I get that strength. When we meet together, fellowship meals, whether it's the men's gathering, uh, if it's a work project, I get strength from being around others that, re- that are really tied in with our Lord. Singing praise hymns. Listening to music that reflects the love individuals have for Christ. All of these things combined enter into my very soul and my very being. And as I do that, then I gain strength from it. I'm also more conscious of the mistakes I make. Things I said that I shouldn't have said. Things I did that does not reflect my love for Jesus Christ. Because my senses are more at an elevated rate, level if you will. It's elevated. Uh, In medicine, and I'd have to refer to Misty on this, but there's times that you're just more sensitive to the touch, to the visions and so forth. Uh, There's just certain times that you're more sensitive. And it's the same way when we look into the Word of, of Jesus Christ. From the very beginning of time, Jesus was with God. The very first chapter, the Word was with God and the Word was God. In the book of Matthews, the uh, fifth, excuse me, the fifth verse, the twentieth verse. For I tell you, that unless your righteous for I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. Now when that was written, and even today with the Jewish community, the, the Pharisees are all knowing. Remember, Paul was also a Pharisee, a very intelligent man. And this is saying that we're to be greater than the Pharisees, and that's all they do. They study the Bible, they're in study, meditation, and you and I go about our business and and our world is different than theirs. But to think that I'm going to be better than a Pharisee? You know, how can that be, God? But he's telling me I must be. I must be better than the Pharisees. The Word goes on to tell us that the Pharisees did a lot for show. Not all of them. We know that it's a mistake to say all Pharisees were for show, but many of them were, as we know in the crucifixion of Jesus. 
Many of them were. They had the beautiful dress, the shawls. Whenever they would walk around town, people would treat them differently. They would treat them with reverence. And they were like a different level, a different level of individuals in the society. Well, what the Word tells us is we that know Jesus Christ and try to do what He has told us to do, first of all, let's give our life to Christ, right? Give our life to Him. So I'm assuming you've given your life to Christ, and that might be a mistake, but you've given your life to Christ. That's the first step. That's the first step. You have accepted Jesus as your Lord and your Savior, and these individuals have not accepted Jesus as their Lord. He was the fulfillment of the Old Testament, of the laws. He was there. And they're trying to live by the laws. And you and I know we cannot live a righteous life by the law. Without Jesus Christ and His sacrifice, there's no hope. Not for any of us. And not for the Pharisees. Because they couldn't even live up, and Jesus told them this. They do not even live up to their own laws. So in the respect that we have Jesus Christ, then we have righteousness. We're not living by law. We're living by righteousness because we have been forgiven. There is grace and there is mercy and there is forgiveness through Jesus Christ. And that is something that the Pharisees did not have. They did not have that connection with Christ and He's talking to them and He tells them this. He is not a milk toast kind of person. He just tells them right out, you guys are missing it. And not a lot of folks would speak up to Him like that. But Jesus Christ wanted to make sure that He could explain it where they would understand. There's some of you in here that I don't have any trouble understanding you. Y'all are pretty good at in one sentence or two of letting me know. Dorothy, why are you looking at Riley? Uh, <laughs> there are some of you that are real good at explaining it in about one sentence. Right? Jesus was that way. Jesus could explain it so they would know, and that was one of their issues. Is Jesus was challenging them and their authority and their, their righteousness, their knowledge. Jesus was a challenge to them. So when he says we must be better than the, the Pharisees, we go back to that very, very beginning with Jesus Christ as our role model, as the one we want to imitate. In the book of Matthew, the fifth chapter, the 46th verse. If you love those who love you, what rewards do you have? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you give and if you and if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that? Listen to this, please, the 48th verse. Be perfect. Therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. It's a tall, tall order. Our challenge is not to be perfect. 
when we start thinking about being perfect, we think of having like a to-do list. I've got to do this, this, and this every day, and then I can be perfect. But I can treat somebody over here like dirt, but that doesn't make any difference because I've done my checklist over here. It's not that way at all. When he's talking about being perfect, he's not talking about the Ten Commandments, the 600 laws. He's not talking about that. He is talking about your love for your fellow man, your kindness, the way Jesus would treat each other. As it said, even even those that are, are criminals will also treat other criminals with dis, I mean with respect. Well, that's just that's just normal. But he's asking us to do something that is not normal, is not easy, and that is to treat those that may be our enemies with love and kindness. All of us have run-ins with individuals throughout our life, maybe throughout the days. We do, and it is not easy to treat people like that that have verbally attacked you. It's not easy to treat them with love. But that is what He is asking us to do. He is asking us to treat everyone with love. Everyone. It makes no difference if it's somebody you went to school with and you got along with, or if it's somebody that you had a run-in through a business deal. He is calling us to love everyone and to be as Christ-like as we can in everything we do. Not just when we come in to church and go to Sunday school, but when we walk out those doors, that's when we find out the real caliber of the person. That's when we find out if Christ is in the heart, as He's asked us to do. In the book of Romans, the third chapter, the tenth verse, as it is written, there is no one righteous, not even one. Wait a minute. He just got through saying be perfect. We cannot be perfect. We cannot be, but that doesn't mean we'd have to lay down and give up. It just means that we need to strive to be more and more like Christ. And I go back to what I was saying at the very beginning. We know what it's Christ-like when we read the Bible, when we study the Bible with others, when we're in worship services. Then we know what it's Christ-like. Therefore, no one will be declared righteous in God's sight by the works of the law. The righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. Those are the righteous ones. Those that believe and trust in Jesus Christ. Those that set an example for those others around them. I'm going to use a personal example. My aunt. She didn't get up on a soapbox and preach a sermon, not even once. She did not lecture any of us nephews and nieces, not even once. She lived it. She lived it with love in her heart in a very, very special, special way. 
She adopted, she and my uncle adopted two, in, uh, two kids. Her son was killed in an automobile accident when he was about 22. And her daughter wanted to find her biological mother and father. And you might think that would be a threat to the relationship that my aunt had with her adopted daughter. But my aunt did everything she could to assist in that search. And my cousin did find the biological mother and father. But she has so much love for my aunt, for her mother, and it's because of the life that she had lived, the righteous life, the role model that she lived. So I know it can be done. I've seen it with my Aunt Ellen. I've seen it done. It just means I've got to work more and more and more to try to even get up there in the same league with her. But it can be done. And some individuals do inspire us to be better. To be better individuals, be better with with those we love, such as our own family. In Luke, the 14th chapter, pardon me, the 16th chapter, 14th verse, the Pharisees, who loved money, heard all of this and were sneering at Jesus. And he said to them, You are the ones who justify yourself in the eyes of others, but God knows your heart. What God values highly is detestable, excuse me, what people value highly is detestable in God's sight. We have things that we strive for, been there and done that, more things. It can be in a way of things in the house, it can be the house itself, it can be the car itself, things. But He is calling us to seek Him with that passion. And there's nothing wrong with having things. Please do not misunderstand me. Not a thing in the world. Unless it becomes your God and you worship it. But you can have things, and I know many of people, and you do too, that have done well business-wise. And I am so, so happy for them. But they also have God in their heart, and the way they treat people reflects that. They don't go around boasting about having this or that. They just go to work. And during the course of the day, they have the opportunity to help someone, and they do it in a very quiet manner so that nobody will know. But it comes from the heart. And Jesus was telling the Pharisees that they did not have that heart. They were more impressed with their image and finances. They were more interested in things, the image, where they sat at the dinner tables. They were interested in that, but it wasn't their heart. And Jesus called them on that. But He will also call you and me on that. As we read His Word, that in and of itself is a challenge. Because I have known individuals that started reading the Bible and started feeling so guilty, they gave it up. They gave it up. I encourage you to keep reading. Keep reading so that you know Jesus Christ. 
you know Jesus Christ has already died for your sins. Those things that are making you quit reading the guilt that you have is already taken care of. Once you're a Christian, it's already taken care of through Him. Keep reading. Keep studying. Don't give up. Strive for more, not less. Strive to be more Christ-like. With a whole community, with one congregation, with ten people that are striving to be Christ-like, a community can be changed. And ultimately, a country can be changed when we think more kindly of one another. When we think more Christ-like, then we will have less violence and more companionship, more love, more of a happy relation with our brothers and with our sister. We come in each, each Sunday to worship we come in to know more about Jesus Christ. We have challenges. And one of the challenges is to know Him better today than we did yesterday. For there is freedom in knowing Jesus Christ. For you know you don't have to carry the burden of, those, the, of your guilt from now on. Those sins are taken care of by the blood. So freedom is yours when you reach out to Him. You will hear Him. You will know He is there. And He will never, never lead you astray. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we are in Your house. Humbly we bow our head for being in Your presence. We know, dear Lord, that when two or more gather together in prayer, you are there also. We have much more than that. And we know the Holy Spirit is with each and every one of us. Dear Lord, give us the strength and the courage to carry our faith with us. Not just the words like the Pharisees, but that we would live the life that you would have us live. So this is truly a blessed city, country, and world. We pray this in your name, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. If anyone